Is it possible to disagree and still be friends? The answer is yes, and we are here to prove it. Join our group of badass sirens as we step out of our comfort zone and onto our soapboxes to sound off on our latest adventure. We might not always agree, but we will always love each other. Welcome to Siren Soapbox. Welcome to Siren Soapbox, fellow explorers. Thank you for tuning in today. Our mission is to inspire you out of your comfort zone and into exploration. Go to www.sirensoapbox.com and click dive in and explore to participate alongside us on our next adventure. It's not too late to participate in the minimalist 30 day challenge. And now on to the episode. Today, we're exploring a topic that we are surrounded by daily, whether we realize it or not. According to the Smithsonian Magazine, there are at least 50 billion in the world or six per every human on earth. The early one gets the worm, one in the hand is worth two in the bush. You may have this kind of brain. They have a certain kind of view and someone might flip you one. And it is in fact the word. Have you guessed it yet? We're talking birds. As winter is approaching the region for some of our sirens, we're seeing a flurry of birds migrating or preparing for the colder season. So it's the perfect time to get out and observe one of the most diverse animal groups. The challenge this week was to get out and try to identify 10 birds by sight and sound. And because it's spooky season, we all watched Alfred Hitchcock's 1963 movie, The Birds. Our soapbox topic this week is to discuss your experience out in the field looking for birds, and if you think the birds had the same effect as Jaws. If at any time the conversation gets too intense, the safe word is... Mango. 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 First up on her soapbox is Murph. Thanks, Elsie. According to Merlin, which is the app I use to learn about birds over the last few weeks, there are 168 different types of birds hanging out in the Cincinnati area around this time of year. I was already able to identify some birds by sight, but I really had no idea what my neighborhood birds sounded like. I mean... I know what the woodpecker drum sounds like because he hangs out on a telephone pole outside of my home. He's pretty hard to miss. But did you know that there are five different types of woodpeckers in Cincinnati? I had no idea. I think mine is a red-bellied woodpecker. Um, Then there's the northern mockingbird who was so angry at Simba, my cat, one day over the summer that he spent nearly an hour like swooping and yelling at him. So I do recognize that call now. I think I have video of that. We'll, We'll post it. Generally, though, I really don't know how to identify birds by their call or song. Yesterday, Mark and I went for a stroll in a neighborhood park and We were on the lookout for some birds when we spotted one hopping along in the branches overhead using his little bird call. We identified him as an Eastern Phoebe. And once we found him in the app, we played some of the calls and then somewhere unseen, these other Phoebes started calling back to us. And it was so much fun. That was, that was a lot of fun. I mean, I have a bird. She's a blue fronted Amazon. Her name is Trixie. I'm her foster mom. And I talk to her all the time, but it was fun to have that sort of interaction, that sort of back and forth with birds in the wild. So I'm pretty sure I'll spend more time trying to identify my local birds by sound. That was probably my favorite part about this whole topic, my favorite thing. Um, I don't think that Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds ruined 
the birds for people. I could be wrong. Maybe I don't know enough about that. All right, Sarah, what you got to say about birds? Well, thanks, Mer. Uh, So when I first read about this episode, I was pretty excited. I do love watching birds. So I thought it'd be cool to really get to know the different birds that fly around my neighborhood. Many of the birds around Northern Kentucky are pretty recognizable. So I didn't think it'd be too hard to pick them out. But what I realized pretty quickly was that I have a tough time paying enough attention to see what damn bird just flew by. As far as learning their calls, they all seemed to sound alike at first. So my initial excitement waned a little bit. My solution, I phoned a friend. I asked my sister-in-law, Lisa, if she would like to hang out with me this past weekend to do a little bird watching. When Lisa lived in Georgia, she spent quite a bit of time watching and learning about tons of birds. She also took lots of really great pictures of them and posted them on Facebook. So Lisa and I spent yesterday hanging out at my house and wandering my neighborhood, finding all the birds that we could. Almost as soon as we got outside, we saw some robins fly by with their dark tails and cute white butts, and we heard the trilling call of Carolina wrens. Lisa was amazing at picking out the sounds, and I looked them up on YouTube to confirm and damned if she wasn't right every single time. We saw a couple of blue jays fly by. Even I was able to pick those out. We could hear their call, and Lisa commented that they usually sounded like that when they were in distress or sounding a warning. And just a couple of seconds later, we saw a gorgeous red-tailed hawk fly around. It was so cool really being out there and watching the behaviors of the birds and sort of being one with everything. All those blue jays scared to death of that hawk that we liked. We also saw a red-shouldered hawk sitting in a tree and a couple of turkey vultures flying around. I was really surprised to see so many big birds in the area. So imagine how excited we were when we saw a bald eagle. It was pretty far away, but Lisa got a picture. I mean, we, when we zoomed in on it, we couldn't believe it. It was so cool to see. When we were out there, we also heard the call of a pileated woodpecker. We saw a tiny downy woodpecker. He was pretty tough to get a picture of, but we did. And when we trekked into a wooded area, we were able to see a house sparrow hiding in the trees. Lastly, we headed to a pond and found a few mallards, several males, and a couple of females. All in all, it was a great afternoon, and I'm so glad Lisa joined me. It wouldn't have been nearly as much fun without her. And I'm thrilled that we have pictures of all the birds we saw, except for that pileated woodpecker, because he was kind of shy. I mean, I don't really think anyone would have believed that we had seen a bald eagle if we didn't have a picture of it. Um, as for the birds, uh, yeah, it wasn't quite as scary as Jaws, I don't think. And I'm not as scared of birds as I am of sharks. With that, on to Jess. Thanks, Sarah. So the birds that I tried, and I say tried because I'm still not really confident about some of them to learn are the Cardinal, Blue Jay, Morning Dove, Song Sparrow, Goldfinch, Woodpecker, and Redtail Hawk. I did most of my observation while working on my deck, so it was really interesting to listen and know which birds were making what noise. I've always liked listening to them, but didn't really know who was making what noise. I didn't see any hawks while I was watching. I have seen them in the trees in my backyard, um, tearing fluff off of things before. That was a little bit horrifying, but I did not actually hear any or see any while I was doing my observing. I do frequently see them in the area since I live kind of out in the middle of nowhere. But I do see lots of birds because I used to have a bird feeder outside my kitchen window and I would love watching them while I was eating. My cats loved it too, especially the big fuzzy birds with long bushy tails. But I have not set it back up since we redid our deck. So I might have to set one up when we move and see what kind of birds I see in Hawaii. It was also interesting to uh, watch the birds again watched the movie The Birds again after about 20 years. I remember it causing a lot of people 
to be afraid of birds. And especially when I worked at the aquarium and we had free flying birds, people really seemed to be terrified of them, but I always thought it was really cool. I was more sad about the movie and seeing the dead birds in it. But I figured the birds were mad for a reason and those people just had it coming. So watching it again is still confusing, but Hitchcock is very good at inspiring fear. Overall, I still love birds and I still enjoy watching them. And I will probably work more in the future to learn what songs go with which birds once I move. With that, on to Elsie. Y'all, I am so happy we did this topic and I'm sad it's almost over. I've always had a fascination with birds. In the eighth grade, I interviewed an ornithologist for a career day because I wanted to study birds. I ended up pursuing a different career. But thankfully, I did spend three years working with African penguins, which was a wonderful and stinky experience. Lately, I find that my subject matter that I gravitate towards for my photography involves a lot of birds. I love all the colors and varieties. The movie, The Birds, was not as scary as I remember, and I'm left with more questions than answers. I also used to work in an aviary, like Jess, and they had lorries and lorikeets. I loved it, but I would say that's the only time I ever noticed people reacting with true terror around birds, just like in the movie. Maybe it's because of all the flying in close quarters. In my day-to-day, I don't notice the same fear like you do at the beach when people go and talk about sharks. I think the movie did a pretty good job as far as researching some of the facts. I love that the movie uh, from 1963 mentions the Christmas bird count. We started doing that every year since 2019, and it's an amazing citizen scientist project, and I've learned so much from fellow birders. Forests and fields become more vibrant when you're able to distinguish different types of calls. Just the other week, I was hiking at the Cincinnati Nature Center, and I heard an osprey, and I was looking around trying to find it, and people are just walking by, and they have no clue what the sound is, and they thought I was crazy. I'm like, you don't understand. This bird is just so cool. You have to see it. Uh, For the field portion, we hiked to the World War II weapons bunker in Point Pleasant. It's the most famous sighting for the Mothman. I thought it was pretty appropriate because skeptics believe the Mothman to actually be a sandhill crane or owl. It was eerily quiet around the bunkers, and it wasn't until we got beyond them that I only heard a couple jays and some cardinals, and they were way off in the distance. When we were in the city, we saw some pigeons, and we may have actually seen Mothman. Or it was a turkey vulture with a six-foot wingspan. I don't know. It's up for debate. So we did try again yesterday. We went to Miller Park where we saw a red-tailed hawk, crows, starlings, two different types of sparrows, cardinals, some morning doves, and either a purple finch or a house finch. Couldn't really tell, and he kept rubbing his little face on all the branches. And this morning, I saw a wild turkey for the first time. So that was really cool. And with that, on to TC. One of my favorite things to do when I was in Costa Rica was sit on the deck of the Airbnb and watch and listen to the birds in the morning. While I was there, I learned the patterns of toucans. They flew to the big tree I called the magic tree every morning right around 6 a.m. By 7 a.m., most of them were gone. I loved listening to their calls and the sounds of the howling monkeys every morning. After my vacation, I continued the morning ritual on my patio here on St. Croix. On my patio, I hear curly-eyed thrashers, their little thieves on the island, and bananaquits, the official bird of the Virgin Islands. Sometimes I hear doves. Sounds like they are singing, who are you, who, who? 
we have doves all over the island and they all sound really cute like that. And cute little yellow warblers. I often see hummingbirds. We have two types here, the green-throated carob and the Antillean crested. Honestly, I don't know which is which because they move so fast, but I see them every morning. While at the beach, I see a lot of ruddy turnstones, plovers, and pelicans. One of my favorite parts of this challenge was finding a website with pics and sounds of the birds on St. Croix. I have seen and heard a bird that I swore was a killdeer, and yep, it is listed on this site. We have killdeer here too. It was fun to know that this bird I grew familiar with in Cincinnati is also here on St. Croix. So I did a search of this little guy and discovered that he is a plover. Plover? Plover? I don't know how you pronounce it. It's like the word lover, but with a P in the front. We have lots of different plovers here, but I have a hard time telling them apart. 11 birds I concentrated on identifying. The ruddy turnstone, uh, the Wilson's plover, the great egret, which sit on the backs of horses all over the island. It's so awesome to see that. Banana quits, yellow warblers, hummingbirds, American kestrels, ospreys, pearly-eyed thrashers, and brown pelicans. The movie, The Birds. No, I don't think it had the lasting impact that Jaws had on sharks. Anyway, each morning I sit on my patio and write and listen to birds. It's interesting to try to figure out what they are now, but I have to admit that I still think it's really hard to tell the birds apart in real time. Apparently they don't know they're supposed to sound exactly like the ones on the internet. Maybe I need an ornithologist to sit with me and tell me what's what. And speaking of ornithologists, we might have learned about 10 birds and we gave it our best to know them by sight and sound, but our guest tonight is an actual ornithologist, or as she refers to herself, a professional bird nerd. She has almost 250,000 listeners on TikTok and 4 million likes. If you follow her TikTok, you'll learn all about birds when she flips the birds and when she talks to birds and they often answer back. You can also see many useful tricks like the best way to get rid of ticks. Drin will teach you all sorts of things if you follow her Bird Lady Drin TikTok page, but you won't learn the details about her tongue on that page. When she is not talking to birds, you might find her on a disc golf course or in a tournament for the Professional Disc Golf Association. Please welcome our guest, Bird Lady Drin. Welcome. Welcome. Oh my gosh, I am I am so excited to be here. And I've been sitting here silently and I've wanted to like jump and be like, oh my gosh, you guys saw ospreys and well, <laughs> thank you for having me here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow, it's so good to be here. I wrote a lot of notes because I was really excited about all of these birds. Uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah. It's fun to watch your response to all the birds as we listed them. But I do have a question for you. Yes. Is your is your favorite bird really the African shoebill? I mean this bird. (laughs) 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 It absolutely is. My favorite bird in the whole wide world is the African shoebill. Um I don't really think there's necessarily a rhyme or reason, but there's something about their presence that is just 
terrifying and beautiful. And it's like everything that I try to be in life. And so it's just, they're, they're just fascinating. And, and uh, yeah, I think they deserve our respect just like all birds. So yeah, absolutely. Nice. So does it get easier to tell the different birds apart in real time? Like I, I can listen on the internet and understand. And then I listen on my patio and they Absolutely. have so many different sounds. Sometimes they're just tweeting and sometimes they're trilling mm-hmm. and sometimes they're going on and on and on. I have a hard time knowing what's what. So it can be really confusing if you don't, if you're not used to the birds, if you go to a new area, for example. And then of course, just to throw it you know, into the loop even more, some birds like blue jays have numerous calls that are just their own. And then they mimic other species as well. So it makes it even harder to try to identify a bird that you're listening to. Um, I actually have fairly recently found and really begun to use the Merlin app because not only do they have a picture ID. So if you see a bird, you can take a picture of it and it will show you what bird you're looking at, but you can also record the sound. So if you hear a bird, you can figure out what species it is just based on the sound. And it's actually pretty accurate. I've been trying to test it out. Um, it's, and it's really exciting. So um, that's still kind of, it's been developing the last year or so. And they just uh, like published it, I guess, um, earlier in the year. But yeah, so, so that, that's a good way to ID. Um, another way is to get yourself a good bird book. And I use the Sibley Guide to Birds. Um, there we go. Ha <laughs> um, this is like so much information, like more than the average bird might want, but you're guaranteed to find the exact bird that you're looking for with this book because they tell you the weight of the bird. They tell you what it looks like when it's immature versus mature, male, female, everything. So this is if you really, really want a lot of information. If you are trying to just learn, I also have flashcards. Um, these also happen to be Sibley, uh, but yeah, they, you, they're really fun. And as you mentioned, the flipping the bird, this is <laughs> kind of one of the games that I like to play. So you flip the bird and this is the great horned owl. So I could tell you guys some facts about the great horned owl and it's fun. It's a great way to learn. Birds are confusing. Their calls can be very confusing, but it's it's only as intimidating as you make it. And it's, it's not impossible to learn the differences in calls. And it's amazing once you do start to understand and you're like, oh, wait, that's a this. And it's just like the coolest, exciting feeling. And yeah, so I, I just want everybody to get to kind of feel like that about at least just a couple species. And yeah, <laughs> so. That's, that's my goal. I have a big giant oak tree in my backyard. Now I do have a cat who he's sort of a pain in the ass, but um, so I don't have a that's Simba. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> when birds are around, they're usually yelling at him or way up high in the trees. But mm-hmm. I, I want to, I want to be able to identify birds in my in my yard when I'm sitting outside okay. drinking my coffee. That's my yes. goal. I worked on a small little list here. Birding one. <laughs> so. <laughs> Let me help you. So um, you had mentioned that you have the red belly woodpecker, um, mm-hmm. kingbirds, Eastern Phoebes. Um, first of all, Phoebes, I just have to say, Phoebes are amazing because they have this little tail that just goes in circles like this. And it's just like, you can just kind of watch it. And sometimes 
if you don't even know what the bird is, you can know what it is just based on the behavior because you're like, oh yeah, that one bird had that little tail that would go in like figure eights and <laughs> little things like that. But that comes with a little bit of more practice. Um, but I would say there are five steps if you just want to get into birding. Um, if you have never done it before, but you're just like, you know what? I think birds are pretty cool. Let's just try this. So the first step would be to get a bird feeder and some seeds and set up a bird feeder in an area that isn't completely in the open because you want your birds to feel safe and secure um, from predators such as other hawks or cats um, and <laughs> water bowls, so like a, a, a bird bath. Um, that will make them want to come to your yard. And then, uh, as I said before, I would get a guide. So you can either have like a book like this or you can go and get an app on your phone. So that could be Merlin. Um, that's the one I'm most uh, <laughs> familiar with, but so there's Merlin. Then there's there's a few other you could find like in the app store that, that really could help you a lot if you're just starting out. Um, I know that the Audubon Society, Sibley and the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, they all have great resources. Um, Let's see. And then once you have your guide and your feeder, I would get yourself some binoculars because sometimes they're up in the trees and it can be a little bit challenging to uh, see them. It always seems like whenever you hear a bird and you want to see it and you're like, I can see something moving around at the top of the tree. What is that? And so it's just it's best just to have binoculars because I can't tell you how many times I've been like, ah, just using my hands <laughs> trying to see better. But um. Yeah, so getting yourself some binoculars, maybe like your camera, so you can actually hold it up to your binoculars, that can be really helpful. Um, and try to think like a bird. So number four would be think like a bird. Where would you go if you were a bird? Would you uh, want to be at the top of a tree for certain warbler species? Would you be on the ground like robins? Robins like to eat and pull up worms from, from the ground. So. And on top of that, maybe uh, edges of like fields and, and sometimes roads, you can get certain species that are very specific to those areas, like sparrows, they like to hop around in the, the thicket. Um, and then the last thing would be to get up early in the morning, <laughs> which isn't always fun, but there's nothing like the payoff of seeing that like rare migrating sparrow species that you haven't seen and months and months and then you see it and it's just like ah it's just like the coolest feeling but um and then that also goes into knowing your species so if you're looking for a specific one kind of learn a little bit where they like to eat what they like to eat and what time of day they're most active and boom just like that you're a birder <laughs> so it is okay to put our feeders out again yes yes okay yes so um earlier this year there was that mystery bird disease and uh, we don't actually know what it was caused by still. I, I went online and I was trying to find any resource and it still seems to be a mystery, but it does seem to have passed. So that's a good thing for the birds and for us so that we can watch them and not have to worry about, you know, them getting sicker from, from the feeders that we leave out. So yeah, but they're good. <laughs> awesome. I don't think we had that here. We didn't have that issue. I only learned about that when I was uh, watching Duren's TikTok videos. I didn't oh. know. Yeah. 
you're in uh, Costa Rica right now, right? No, I live in St. Croix. I visited oh, Saint Croix, Costa Rica. Saint Croix. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Excellent. And we wow. have a lot of the same birds, uh, yeah. like uh, the uh, oh, the killdeer that I mentioned. And yes, we have, they're so cool. They we have osprey and mm-hmm. kestrels. I think you guys said you have kestrels. Yes, kestrels. yellow warbler, you said. And yeah. They're one of my favorite warblers. They're they're like, they're so little and they have like the cutest little face. And yes, they're, they're, <laughs> that's they're all. Tiny. They're, they're, Yes, tiny maybe. yellow fluff balls. They're really yeah. cute, with like a little bit of streaking on their chest, and they just like have the cutest little faces. Yeah, I love them so much. So, but we don't have cardinals, blue jays, robins. We don't have any of those. Oh, what a shame! But but I'm sure you have a lot of species to make up for it. For we sure. have peacocks. <gasps> oh, have my. you guys heard of peacock? Uh, peacock? I don't think I have. <laughs> They sound you weird. You don't want to. It sounds that noise. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a cat, a cat being tortured. It's oh my, it's crazy, eerie, scary until you know what it is, and then it's not yeah. so much. Huh. That's kind of like cat birds. Um, I gotta say, for for half my life, before I really knew and understood birds based on call, I I didn't know that the cat bird literally sounded like a cat that's just incessantly whining from a field. And so you're searching around like, where is this poor innocent kitten that's just lost? And then you, you find this bird that's just like up in the tree next to you. And it's like, fool me again, cat bird. So <laughs> birds are, they're hilarious really. <laughs> but- uh, What yeah, is I, your funniest bird story? Oh my, oh man. Okay, I get pooped on every day. That's oh, good. Is that um, good luck? <laughs> we'll call it that. We'll call it that. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's see. Cat birds have a way of always pooping on you. And so like when I walk up to a cat bird and I'm, I know we kind of look at each other and we're like, okay, you're good. You're good. Cool. And I will, you know, try to grab it out of the mist net where we do our research and it, it always poops on me every time. And it's always like something that stains your clothes. But <laughs> so I, I have like my set field clothes sort of, <laughs> but um, another really cool thing that's, I don't know if it's funny so much, it's just amazing as that birds will help each other out when their friends or um, comrades, I guess, are in danger. So if one of them flies into the mist net where we do our research, it's it's humane. It's an easy way to trap a bird and then take it out and you can do some quick, you know, testing and sampling on it. So for example, chickadees and titmice, tufted titmice, or like the tufted titmouse, it's a beautiful little bird. Um, sometimes one will fly into my net and I will approach and start, you know, getting the bird out of the net. And I will see its whole family or group all around me, hopping from branch to branch to branch, be like, all angry at me. And sometimes they fly in and charge at me. And I have to sit here like, we're good. I promise we're good. (laughs) And these birds are just, sometimes I will start with just a couple of birds in the net, but because their whole family comes in to help them out, I will end up with a flock of birds in the net because they're all trying to help each other. And it's 
both adorable and pathetic at the same time. And Poor so, birds. no, exactly. It's, it's, <laughs> and so I, I, I just, I'm kind of like giggling while also just being calm and working on one bird at a time. Cause that's all you can do, <laughs> uh, but it's just, it's adorable. And one time I caught a crow and this was one of my favorite uh, moments, I guess. Crows are giant birds when it comes to like any songbird. And so when I caught this bird, I knew it before I even approached because I was just hearing a whole flock up in the top of the trees, just freaking out right above where I had my net. And I was like, I bet, I bet I have a, a crow. So I walk up and I see this crow and it's completely calm. It doesn't try to fight me. It doesn't try to bite. It just looks at me and I look at it and we're just, it's just like this moment of serenity. And after I get it loose and free, it just kind of sits in my hand for a little bit, completely calm while its family is still freaking out in the tree. And as soon as I let it go, it flies away and its whole family immediately gets silent and flies away with it. And it was just, they waited for him. And there's just so much about birds and how they interact with each other. It's it's beautiful. And they really have a certain care for one another that I don't think we understand. And the movie, The Birds, it's it's kind of like that, where I think there's like that underlying message of um, humans really do get away with too much when it comes to our environment and what we do to the world around us. And um, I think in that movie, it's kind of like birds had enough kind of a thing. <laughs> Um, which I don't, I don't think that birds really are capable. Maybe, okay. Capable maybe isn't the right word. They aren't, I don't think they have like a vendetta against us the way humans might, if the same thing was happening to us. So it's a really interesting concept of how birds think and think about us and the dangers. And then also maintaining like that familial, uh, I don't know, connection. It's just really cool. So, Yeah. I love that crows wait for each other, or I guess yes. a lot of species do that. My, yeah. my parrot, we call each other every time I come in or out of the house, we talk to each other. What's so her name again? I, Trixie. Trixie. And uh, what do you, do you have, like, do you call her by her name or yeah. do you have, like a certain Trixie. call? No, oh, Trixie. Yeah. But we do have a, uh, she, she does this. She makes a noise that I try to mimic back when we're, uh, we just when we're calling back and forth it's funny it's like are you comfortable whole, making that noise yeah it's like that's not it she's not <gasps> it. she's not paying attention yeah this is like the one episode she hasn't made a single i know song. i know it's funny <laughs> i would know i would be like i hear a bird <laughs> but she i'm pretty sure she says whatever like under her breath like a preteen <laughs> whatever is and, it in context <laughs> no <laughs> We haven't gotten there yet. And she might yell Gracie. Mm-hmm. And I think she was, I think this morning she was trying to emulate the cat's meow. So oh, that's, that's cool. awesome. She could be my cat bird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Summer, she I usually makes, like, sometimes during episodes, you hear her yell. And of course, the episode that we're talking about birds, she's just, she's not going to yeah. do it. She's got her head on her. She's, she's shy. <laughs> she is being shy. She's over there playing with her, scratching her chin. Oh, really? Oh, that's <laughs> bad bird. 
That makes me sorry. I get very happy when, especially when birds do like the little like thing with like all of <laughs> up around their mouth when they're all happy. It's like the cutest thing. So, yeah. <laughs> Talking about mockingbirds, I had a mockingbird this summer that would sound like a whining dog. Like no I way. look for my dogs and they're all inside. I'm like, where is this dog coming from? He needs help. And I look, it's the freaking mockingbird. And oh my gosh. Just like a whining dog. He last year he made a sound that sounded just like a frog. Are you serious? Yeah, and we <laughs> believed it had we not been looking at him and we heard the sound come out of him. That is so That's crazy. Cool. That's really, really cool. Um, uh, I actually saw my very first mockingbird ever here where I live in Ithaca, New York. And it was in the road. I, I am surprised I haven't gotten in more car accidents, honestly, because the birds are everywhere. And of course, they're always up. And so when you're driving, I'm like, oh, man, like, I'm driving. By but this one happened to be in the road on the other side of the road. And I saw it and I was like, wait, what is that bird? It's got a really long tail. And I was like, oh, that's a mockingbird. And it was just like the most exciting thing. And so I know that they have such a reputation for mobbing humans when they get too close and mimicking other species. And so it was like my little moment of like, oh, they're real. But like, obviously I know they're real, but (laughs) (laughs) so yes. And, um, but I believe it was uh, TC, you were talking about, oh no, Elsie, excuse me. You were talking about the, um, the finch that was scratching its eyes. Yes very curious about that because um, I study the house finch eye disease. That's like my normal, normal job. Um, And so that is something of interest actually. And uh, it could very well be a mycoplasma infection. So like pink eye for birds. Um, That's why it's very- I got one picture. I can send it to you. Um, Oh yes, please. Um, it, the eye looks okay, but like, literally I couldn't get much pictures cause he was just rubbing his little head on the branch and then he'd go to another branch and he's rubbing again. And oh. I'm, I've never seen a bird do that so much. It was weird. Huh. It could, it could have been simply just trying to clean his beak off and he might've gotten something sticky on it, <laughs> but, but it also could be trying to, I noticed that when birds are sick, sometimes they will you know, fluff up their feathers, extra floofy. And then not always, sometimes birds just do this because they're comfortable or cold. Um, but they, they'll rub their face a lot. And sometimes they will rub their face on feeders because they're right there. They're eating, they're comfortable. And this is how they spread disease. So it's very, very important that you, we all clean our feeders at least once or twice a month with bleach and water and yeah, it helps a lot with keeping them safe and healthy. But you see how the finches get that pink eye? Yes, yes, exactly. So it's very important that we do whatever we can to prevent the spread of any diseases. So, yeah. I'm glad you said that. I really honestly would have never thought about, like I've heard about cleaning hummingbird feeders because of right. you know, like sugar and sure. stuff, but just like a, a regular bird feeder, I'd never, never yeah. would have thought about that. If honestly, before I had my current job, um, which I started in 2018, I don't know, I can honestly say, I don't think I would have even thought to clean my feeder um, as often as I now know you're supposed to, because it's just like, oh, you just fill it up and put it outside. It's, it's outside. It makes sense. But um, 
Yeah, it, apparently birds really do use it on their faces and, and they, if they find food, they're more likely to just kind of sit and squat. And so they'll just do what they can when they're there. So um, yeah, cleaning feeders is, is pretty, uh, pretty important, but yeah. So I have a question about, sure. I think, did you guys say it was the Christmas bird count? Ah, yes. That citizen scientists. Yes, yes, yes. What is yeah. that all about? I believe it's the Audubon Society. Uh, you can go to their website. Uh, and it's been, I they just had the 100 year anniversary, I think, not too long ago. And it didn't even like click how old that was until I'm watching the birds and they're talking about it. I'm like, yeah, 63 is forever ago. And this has been going Crazy. on way before that. So it's, mm-hmm. I think it's the longest citizen scientist project um, that's been going around. And um, when you go to the website, it'll show you when different parks are having different counts. So I mm-hmm. usually end up with Caesars Creek up here by Lebanon. Um, okay. Or there are a couple other places, but it's it's a great experience. You just sit in the woods in the middle of winter and count birds that you see. And every mm-hmm. year I get a little bit better because I'm studying them even more. <laughs> awesome. Do you have certain resources that you use um, when identifying birds? Of course, I didn't bring it. Um, Ohio OC or um, I'm gonna forget the name. The Ohio D- Park, basically. DNR. DNR, thank you. Okay, ODR cool. has um, little free pamphlets that they pass out, and they're really good yeah. resources. Um, but I also use the Seek app, too. Seek, interesting. That one's good for pictures. Um, but as far as sound, I've been using Song Sleuth, which I've not been happy about. So I'm really excited yeah. to try the one that you were mentioning. Yeah, the that was the um, Merlin, Merlin ID. So. That's what I've been using and I really like it. It's so easy to just like scroll through the birds and kind they categorize them. And you're like, so if you're looking for a water bird, you're like, no, I know it's not this. No, it's not this, but yeah. And then when you find it, they have like tons of pictures that people have submitted. So you get to see like, like female birds or the male species or a young or an adult. I really liked it Mm -hmm. a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm just not good enough at it yet, or if I just don't have the, the right attention span, because I swear, I look at the bird and it goes, you know, it's not standing still for me. I'm like, hold on there. Wait, let me just Never. look you up. Stay still. Hold on. I'll be right back. And it's gone. And by the time I look down, I look up and I can't remember what it looked like anymore. So without a camera, I'm not very good at it at all. Because we That's, all of a sudden, uh, Lisa would just be, and then we'd look at her camera like, oh my God, look at that. Oh, look what we just saw. It's the most beautiful blur I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. it's long gone. And I didn't even really, I I think I saw it flying that way, but we got it on the camera. And so that's how I did most of the identification. One tip I can give you, if you're trying to quickly identify it, um, look at where it is. So whether it's in a tree, a shrub, on the ground, those can be indicators of which species you're looking at. as well as if you look at the beak shape, um, that can actually, and the feet, the beak and the feet can tell you so much about a species. So if it's got like a very conical bill, it's more likely to be a seed eater, like a finch. If it has like a long and pointy beak, it could be an insect eater. Um, and and so that kind of carries on with, with a lot of different species. And then obviously color, that's gonna be a big indicator. So once you get those kind of couple of little things patched together, you can, sometimes I'll like actually write notes of what it looks like. 
you can even pay attention to, you know, wing color, wing bar color, beak color. But that's where my uh, Sibley guide, this one that's like my Bible, that's where this one really, really comes in handy because it will tell you the difference of a top beak versus bottom beak color and and how that can change from species to species. And so it's it's really exciting because it's like I spy for adults. Well, and kids. <laughs> yeah. We saw some hawks down we at the the park we were at is on the Ohio River. So we saw a ton of hawks and lots of predatory birds. Oh, yeah. And it was fun to look at all the different hawks in our area and try to pick out, you know, which one we thought it was. And now I forget. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look while you guys continue this conversation. I was really jealous that you went out with Lisa because she takes the most amazing bird pictures I think I've ever seen. Yeah, we got some good pictures. The bald eagle with the crow. Was that when you guys were out together? She just, no, and we haven't posted any of the pictures that we took. Those are, all of those pictures are the pictures that she took and they're all in her memories because she hasn't taken pictures and posted them for a couple of years now. So all those pictures that you're seeing are in her memories. Gotcha. I haven't, I, I've got all of my pictures on the computer. I haven't sent any of them in yet, but um, the, the eagle was flying. And I mean, it was just incredible. It's just this full wingspan and this white head, white tail, just gorgeous. Amazing. Amazing. According to Lisa, that means I won because I saw an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> but did it say America as it flew by? <laughs> it's, it said Sara. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> even more <laughs> so Dryn yes do you like the game wingspan yes I really do it's very fun um it's so I, play, I haven't played the the new one which is I believe the European birds but I played oh I didn't know there was uh, oh it's it's so cool it's there's so many like if you like um resource management kind of games you would love wingspan and it's a great way to learn about birds if you want to you don't even have to it's just it, the art alone is incredible and it's beautiful and it really yeah. made me think about the different environments because you always like I don't know in my head it's like birds live in trees that's where they live but mm-hmm. no, they don't there's lots of different environments so yeah absolutely environments and where you find them it made me think of that game and I was like you know, I should play that again. It's been a little while. Mm-hmm. I've never even heard of this game. Wingspan? Yeah, I'm, look- I'm looking it up on Amazon right now. <laughs> it has 5,709 ratings, and it has 4.8 out of 5 stars. That's wow. pretty amazing. That's pretty mm-hmm. impressive. It is a lot pretty to look at, even if you don't play it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I did a very short video on Wingspan um this summer and it wasn't even my own game because it's a pretty expensive game but it's i mean you get what you pay for it's a gorgeous well-developed game um but my friend came over and he brought it and i was just like oh my gosh i'm in heaven just looking through all of the different species and and the the colors uh, and just everything about that game is amazing um and there's this fun little like dice roller like birdhouse thing that you get to use and um, <laughs> And yeah, it's it's a fun game for sure. Um, probably my favorite bird related game. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Jess. Now I'm gonna have to buy that. 
You know how he loves his board games. My brother-in-law has like five bookshelves of board games in his basement. And before COVID, we used to go over every Monday and or every Sunday night and play a different game. Oh, that's and, awesome. Well, and it's oh. awesome until your brain only has so much space for rules for each game. And then it's like, can we play a game we've played before? So I don't have to learn a new one, please. Thank you. Oh. And uh, I would make him play that one again because yeah. like, it's pretty and it's easy to follow the rules and, and learn. And I'm just like, my brain cannot handle another game right now. Like, let's mm-hmm. play. Let's play when we play. <laughs> do you have uh, do you have a favorite game that he has um that he has i mean i would say probably wingspan or um i can't remember the name of it it's it's like a fantasy card game thing nice okay cool but ben and i play a lot of scrabble just you know my husband and i that's that's our game that's awesome cool good we know Ren's favorite bird. What's everybody else's favorite bird? Yes. Mine yeah. is a hummingbird. I have been, I have just always been fascinated with hummingbirds. I think they're gorgeous and cute mm-hmm. and fast. I love Super that. fast. And they sword fight. Oh, I want to see that. Yeah. If you watch it in slow motion, it's like crazy. They 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 just you'd never see it like in real time you would just sit there and be like oh two cute little hummingbirds but like if you see it in slow-mo they are crazy like <laughs> territorial and like so but they're amazing how they can just defy physics it seems with their wings and it's yes. like do they do this <laughs> so yeah but i do want to hear everybody's favorites Sarah, what's your favorite? Uh, my favorite is the male cardinal because i can always recognize that little sucker even if he flies very fast so the male is red and the female is not is that correct right female is brown female yeah it's got a little bit of red like on the wings but you'll know when you see it you're like oh that's definitely not a male so yeah they're they're very pretty both of them (laughs) but even again the the female i I think i think that's what it was but it it went too fast i'm not sure i didn't get a picture but the cardinal (laughs) you can tell that guy yeah yeah true Mm -hmm. what about you tc I would have to say the the egret, and I don't know what kind of egret, the great egret maybe, it's white, and we have them all over the island, and the reason that I like them is because I live up high, and there's a valley below me, and so some mornings there's fog in the valley, and the white egrets are flying below me, like soaring through the fog, it's so cool, but the coolest thing is when you drive by and there's just a horse on the side of the road and there's an egret sitting on its butt, which happens all the time. But oh I think God. the egret. That's so cool. I love it. Oh. Have you ever gotten a picture with it? Like on the horse? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. That's awesome. I, want to see I hope that that's one. I hope <laughs> okay. that's a meme this week. <laughs> what about you, Jess? Well, it will be now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh I love whippoorwills. Um, oh. We lived in South Carolina for a few years and they just, we had woods on like three sides of our house and 
just every night just listening to them and they're just you know comforting like mm-hmm. song and I didn't actually know they were in Ohio until um a few of us were at a cabin gosh what was that like two three years ago at this point um in Hocking Hills and oh, I heard yeah, I, I forgot like, about that that's right there's whippoorwills here in Ohio what <laughs> I got really <laughs> so excited cool. I haven't heard them in Ohio since but I love I just love the song yeah that leaves I, you, Elsie. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Dren. Oh, no, I was going to say whippoorwills are a, a common favorite bird for sure. So my favorite is the great blue heron. Oh. They're pretty majestic looking and they're huge. And I love to kayak and they're my favorite to try and sneak up on and get a picture. And then when you get too close, they take off and they're like, man, they're so angry. <laughs> <laughs> you know they're pissed as they're flying away it's like, i was about to get that that fish i was looking at it for 30 minutes without even moving. <laughs> yeah any yeah. vicious little murderers too if you have yes. a pond <laughs> yes yes absolutely they're beautiful they are they're just kind of like the egret but like a huge slightly darker egret but just just the way they hunt and and will just stand and just it's it's amazing they're graceful and but they don't fly very graceful if you scare them. They're, they're kind of like, oh, crap. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> they're heavy. It's almost like if you see a, um, a turkey vulture. Oh, my gosh. Those things are crazy. Out of nowhere. Oh, they're big birds. And the larger the bird, really, the more of like a, a takeoff it sort of can need, depending on how dense it is. And it's, it's just kind of cool to watch, to watch them just like immediately just burst into flight. And to be a bird, I mean... I think that's part of why the birds could have been frightening or inspired a fear for people, a fear of birds, because there's something about something that's flighted that can go around you and you have no control over it at all. Um, And they can just get away or come back. And that's kind of a scary thought, I think, for animals like us that are just always grounded. And, um, but if it's of any piece, they're not, they really don't, they're more afraid of you. <laughs> they just want to get away. So, but yeah, that's, yeah. yeah it, I think uh, Tracy may have hit the nail on the head when you sent the message on Saturday, something along the lines of the moral of the story is birds don't like creepers. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like this would have never happened if what's her face didn't bring those cage birds into town or or just yeah. like totally stalked this guy yeah. to find out where he lived and snuck into his home he was very the name was melanie right wasn't it melanie yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. melanie daniels mm-hmm. yep. i i was reading that and i thought the same thing i'm like wow this definitely wouldn't fly nowadays like <laughs> male or a female doing the but here's here's two birds like for your sister <laughs> so, yeah. yeah yeah bizarre mm-hmm. now um Mer, are you the only one with a bird with a pet bird yeah actually trixie i'm she's my foster bird she actually belongs to tc the tc oh, okay, moved, cool. moved on to a houseboat several oh, yeah. i've had this bird for a long time <laughs> like 10 years probably um is that how old she is probably she's or? 21 21 yeah her hatch date was I drink water now <laughs> i think it was june 1st or june or july 1st i don't remember do you remember tc 
No, I don't remember. I would have to look it up. But it was the year 2000. Yeah. I do know that. So that's easy to remember how old she is. Yeah. She did fly away one time and landed in a tree. And I called the fire department. So first of all, I had to find I had to find her. And so Trixie and I would call back and forth this sound. And she would always respond oh, yeah. to that sound. Meow, meow, meow. She's not doing that. She's oh. scratching her chin. Yeah. So I'm walking around the neighborhood looking up in the trees, going, meow, meow, meow. and then eventually she started answering me. It's my proudest moment. That's so adorable. Oh my God. She she finally answered. So I'm standing underneath the tree looking up. There's no way because the other birds, they're not used to a green parrot. They started kind of dive dive bombing her. (laughs) Yeah. So I called the fire department and they came out in a bucket truck and closed the whole street down and took me (laughs) up in the bucket truck. And so I say to the guy, like we were wedged up between these branches. And I say to the guy, I'm going to have to kind of jump after her. Would you, would you hold on to me while I do that? And he's like, uh, I'm going to be holding on. So he actually <laughs> let me climb up onto the edge of the bucket and he's holding on to me. And I like jumped forward and grabbed her and then fell down into the bucket crouched down and now she's panicking so she's biting me and I had two shirts I had two shirts on I had a t-shirt with a long sleeve shirt over top of it so I hold my arm up and I'm like help me take my shirt off and the fireman says there are limits ma'am I'm like no I have on two so he helps me take the long sleeve shirt off and I wrapped her up in it and cradled her really tight and believe it or not, I couldn't believe that I got her back. But oh my gosh, that's so sweet! Oh my <laughs> gosh, that's, does she still have the same um, pizzazz? Mer? Oh yeah, for well, sure. Yeah, that's yeah. adorable. <laughs> that reminds me of um, kind of a funny story. Um, when I was out in the field and I was trapping birds and you know observing them, I heard a brown thrasher which is not a bird I have ever caught or held before. So I was like, oh, no way. And so, so I, I was kind of walking around the area. And when I get obsessed with a bird that I'm trying to ID, nothing else around me matters or exists. And so I forgot that I was on a partial golf course and that there were golfers in the vicinity that could hear me calling to this bird, which happened to be making kind of cat call noises. So, so I'm sitting here just whistling away excitedly staring into the trees at the edge of this golf course and I have these golfers that are walking behind me just looking at me like you good (laughs) so ironically that was one of the first times I was ever called hey you're the bird lady and this was years ago and um so that was part of why I am bird lady Drin is because I have actually been called the bird lady by before I uh golfers that know me and my research but don't know my name <laughs> so uh that's that's kind of yeah that's where it started <laughs> did it make your day when they called you the bird lady yeah it did i was like oh it's official i'm i'm somebody that's known for birds that's awesome because you yeah. know there's so much and so yeah just you know getting caught cat calling to birds by a uh, old White men is, you know, just, that happened. So. <laughs> Let's hear the sound, Ren. Let's hear the cat calls. 
um, it was like a kind of a noise just to get it's like kind of like they have like this like up and down kind of a noise and the thrashers they will sing in uh paired notes and so you do it twice and so I was doing that and then mixed with like the kind of a cat call just trying yeah. to bring it in and and because they'll sometimes hear it and just out of curiosity will be like what is that bird that doesn't sound like a bird and kind of hop around to your area and it did work. I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, it's a brown thrasher. Nobody else is around me to appreciate this. But <laughs> and so, so, but um, so I think I have kind of a reputation of being the the weird bird lady who studies birds. <laughs> but I'm okay with that. I'm that's like my happy place. So <laughs> I, love, I love that you call yourself the bird nerd. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the truth. I'm I, yeah, so. I'm definitely the, per- the person who, wherever you go, there is there are unsolicited bird facts. You look up and you hear a bird and I'm like, oh, it's a red-bellied woodpecker or, you know, something. <laughs> that, that's like a prerequisite to being my friend. <laughs> but do you have a bird? You're no, I do not. Um, not right now. I have had birds in the past, but I, I do not currently. I would like to someday. Um, but I live in like a really tiny apartment and I have a cat and a dog and a python. So it's like, I just want to make sure it has a good quality of life. And yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. If you want bird is a big deal. It's a big decision for sure. It's a big response. Challenging, very big, very big. And so I, one of the things that I, I don't want to say I fear, but just when I have my content is that I want to make sure people understand that having a bird is a really big responsibility beyond just a cat or a dog. It's quite a bit more than that. And um, they require a lot of attention and love and care and stimulation. They will, they will punish you if you don't give it to them. So yeah. So um, yeah, birds are birds are incredible, but they definitely deserve our respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ask you, when I first started watching your TikToks like months and months ago. You were holding birds in the in all the TikToks, and I saw the yes. Forrest Gump one. That was really funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> not allowed to hold birds in the videos anymore. Yeah. So, um, so permits are excruciatingly specific. Um, which this is from a, the birds' perspective is a very good thing. Um, they there are very specific permits for showing birds um, for educational purposes. And the permit that I am currently under does not allow for that. So when you, when you're doing any type of research, you have to spell out every single thing you are intending to do for these species. Um, And if say sharing them for education purposes is not in this protocol, it's not allowed. And, um, that unfortunately caught up with me and my my boss. And it, it was a learning curve for all of us, for sure. And um, it's very unfortunate because it really, I haven't felt so alive and excited to share birds the way I did. Um, but I do understand that there are still many ways to share the excitement and the facts about birds and be kind of goofy in the middle as well. So, um, my hope is that someday I will be able to show them again, um, but just not under the permit I am currently under. So, yeah. 
that's a bummer that's understandable and I do want to say that you've not lost any of the entertainment value or educational value in this oh thank you completely you're still rocking it thank you (laughs) thank you very much it's it's definitely been a learning curve for sure and um kind of a almost like a rebranding before you even made a brand it's an interesting uh, feeling I guess so and I'm, I'm trying to be as like professional as I can while talking about this because it was very hard. It was very hard to um, have to readjust, but I have to be mature and understand. So <laughs> I do some volunteering on Sandy Point. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie Shawshank Redemption, but at the very end when they're on the beach, that's mm-hmm. one of our beaches here on St. Croix. And that's, um, it's a big leatherback sea turtle nesting site. And so I do a lot of, it's why I moved here, but I do a lot of uh, volunteering and we're not allowed to take any pictures and it has to do with the same thing. It's, Mm -hmm. there's like one person who has the licensing that allows her to take pictures on the beach and the rest of us just have to look at the excruciatingly cute hatchlings and not take Mm -hmm. pictures. It's hard, right? It's like, oh. It's a sense of willpower I, I normally don't have. I know exactly what you mean. It's so challenging to not be like, guys, look at this. <laughs> so, yeah. um, it's interesting you say that. One of my very good friends goes to Costa Rica um, once a year and helps uh, for an entire, well, half a year, like six months. And he helps with uh, sea turtles and helps with the hatchlings and leatherback turtles. And it's, so that's really, it's amazing that you do that. Good for you, really. It's a lot of work, a lot of walking. It's a lot of walking. They have arabatas on Costa Rica. Like I would love to go see the olive ridleys. They nest in a mass, a mass nesting where they all come ashore and it's like lumps on a beach. But you have to, I mean, you would have to stay probably a month to ensure that you could see it. And I don't have that kind of time off. Yeah. I would love to see that. I bet your friend has seen that. He may, uh, I not, I'm not trying to make it sad, but I, I believe last year they only saw two or three all year. Oh. Yeah, the Pacific leatherbacks are, are very endangered. So we have yeah. Atlantic leatherbacks here and oh, okay. they're not they're not declining as much as the Pacific leatherbacks. But I didn't know that. That's very interesting. Wow. When I was in, uh, I went to Indonesia in 2017 for a college course that I was in and um, it was a WWF internship where I was working with rhinos and rhino uh, conservation for the Sumatran rhino. And we went to Bali during Ramadan because we had like a week or two off. And um, we actually got to see an olive Ridley hatching eggs right in front of us on the beach. We were walking on the beach at night and we were like, oh, that's a sea turtle. And then we got close and like, oh my gosh, that's a sea turtle and she's laying eggs. And it was the coolest thing. And so we were like trying to like keep our distance while also just like being in complete awe of what was going, just happening right before our eyes. And it's just amazing. So that's an amazing experience. I've never experienced it. That's, that's a bucket list item. Yeah. Yeah. Go to Bali or or um, Costa Rica. I'm the same cry. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So, I, we're we're kind of uh, run coming toward the end of our podcast, but before we end, I have to ask about the tongue. <laughs> yes, what would you like to know? <laughs> yes, so 
how did you end up with a split tongue? <laughs> yes, I, I do, in fact, have a split tongue. Um, I have had it for, gosh, nine years now, um, almost 12, um, no, excuse me, almost 10 years. And um, I, I had it done in 2011 and or 2010. And anyway, 20, 2012. And I was just curious about it at first. When I very first saw it, I was like, that looks very weird and intriguing. And I want to know more. And so I did some research on it, like I do with anything that's like a modification. And I, I kept reading about all the cool things and the benefits and how, oh, you can taste things separately. And it, it was just so, so, so my um, curiosity got the better of me. And I went and I talked to a piercer and, and a professional um, modification artist. And uh, we set the appointment and I did it just like that. And it was gory and scary, but at the same time, it made me feel alive in a way I'd never felt before. And I don't regret it at all. It's, it's fun. It's silly. I can hide it if I really, really want to. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a lot of fun (laughs) and it always kind of throws people for a loop because when you think of a split tongue quite often, you think of someone who's covered in tattoos and, you know, piercings, which, yeah, I I love tattoos and, and piercings, but it's just fun to be like, oh yeah, by the way. <laughs> so, I honestly didn't know that that existed until I started watching your really? TikToks. And I was like, so I'm watching you talk and I was like, what's going on? Is her tongue pierced? Yeah. Is it pierced lots of times? And then in one of the videos, you actually stick your tongue out and move it all around. I'm like, oh, now I yeah. see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I usually um, post that on my Drin Being Drin page, which is yeah. a little more like my personal profile, I guess. But um, yeah, it's fun just to to kind of get people's reactions sometimes. Like the wait a second. <laughs> yeah. So. so can can everyone who has a split tongue move the two sides as separately as you do? Because I don't think hmm. I'd be able to do that. Because I I, I uh, can't curl my tongue. Can you either. can you do this? No, I can't do Your that. Tongue? No. Uh-uh. That's genetic, by the way. But Is no, it? I can't oh, I was unaware. Now we're all doing the tongue test. I can't. Be a good Everyone can do it. Marissa, can you curl your tongue? I... Yeah, I can't. I can't. And I can twist what? it around. The more mobility, the better if you want to be able to play with it. But it did take a little bit of practice. I'm not going to lie. About a month of awkwardly sitting in front of a mirror, just like, uh, <laughs> seeing what I can do and, and really flexing the muscles to like train it, to move a certain way. And, uh, yeah, so it does take some practice, but, um, I think most people that have it split can do, can do like the tricks, but that I have two tongues. I wouldn't, ever have it any other way I can't even imagine it another way it just feels so natural and yes that being said if anybody who's listening wants to get it done please make sure you research it and have it done by a you know reputable person so <laughs> thank you for that disclaimer we agree that's right <laughs> what was the recovery time like oh it was I did not have stitches put in. Um, some people can get the stitches. Some, some choose not to. I chose not to because I'm a baby and I was afraid of the pain of getting the stitches in. Um, and oh, suppose- we'll cut my tongue, but don't put the stitches in. <laughs> no. 
there's no numbing involved. There's no numbing. There's no nothing. It's just open your mouth and find your happy place. And um, I do not so, like that. No, nothing. No, it's, it's scary. Right. And you know, I still look back and I'm like, what does I, what, how, what possessed me to think I could do that? But I did. And so, um, I'm sure we all, all have those moments in our life where we're like that one time I did that one thing, but how, (laughs) but, um, and, uh, it was about a week before I could talk without like a lisp. Um, and I would say a few weeks to a month before it was like fully healed, fully, fully healed, but it's really hard to separate me from food. So I think I ate a Subway sandwich, like a full foot long, like the next day an hour and a half, but I did it. So she got through it. And that's the important thing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So exactly. But, uh, it, it, yeah, you want to make sure your mouth is kept clean, obviously. And, um, falling asleep was the most challenging thing because, uh, you have to keep something between them and, uh, that can be painful in the morning. So, yeah, that's wow. All right. With that, (laughs) we want to, leave our listeners with a challenge and this week we're going to challenge our fellow explorers to get outside and learn about the birds living in your own neighborhood tag us in your pics using the hashtag siren soapbox Dren, thank you so much for joining us on this episode your energy has been amazing and i thank you so much for inspiring us to to learn more about birds well, thank you. Seriously. I, I, I am so happy to be here and I would love to do it again. If you ever have a bird segment for sure, <laughs> we will take you up on that. Okay. <laughs> and thank you fellow explorers for listening to this episode. You'll be able to find Drin, find out what we're doing next and dive in right along with us all at our website, sirensoapbox.com. Until next time, dive in, stay curious, and be happy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.